0: Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Come on. Hey, hey, good morning. How are you doing? You doing well? Can we give Jesus a 12-second praise? Come on. 12, 11, 10. Come on, that's like 50%. Come on. Come on, let's give Jesus a shout of praise today. Seven, six five, four, online, you too, three, two, one, whoo, come on, good to see you, hey, it's so good to see you this morning, my name's Tebo, um, if we haven't met, and uh, always a joy and a privilege to speak to you, and there are going to be some more moments like that in a moment, so don't relax too much, Shout out to everybody online. Hey, we are so thankful that you can join us wherever you are in the world. It's, it's always just such a privilege that we can connect with you. Make sure you're engaging in the chat. Let us know who you are, uh, where you're watching from. Are you guys all good? Come on, who's got a real Bible in the house? I'm gonna read some scripture. Give me a wave if you've got a real Bible, come on. Who still brings the real Bible? No one in this section. Come on, one, two, three. Okay, we'll just, we'll, let's pray for this section, shall we? I think. I think mean, these guys need the Lord a little bit on this side. Matthew chapter 7, and uh, let's go there. And if you've got your notebook as well, grab your notebook. We know, of course, that those that take notes in church um, are, are guaranteed a spot in heaven. That's just, that's just the vibe, so take notes in church. And uh, we're going to have some fun this morning. And uh, let me read a few scriptures for you from Mark chapter 7. Uh, and here's what it says. It says, do not judge others. Ooh. And you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye, when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite! Jesus is on one. I apologize on his behalf. (laughs) First get rid of the log in your own eye, and then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Just indulge me in a moment as I read this from the message version. Uh, Here's what it says. As it comes up on the screen, it says, Do not pick on people. Jump on their failures. Criticize their faults. Unless, of course you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you when you, when your own face is distorted by content? It's, the, it's this whole traveling roadshow mentality all over again for me doesn't say for me, so I just added, there. added that one there. Uh, playing a holier-than-thou part instead of just living your part. Wipe that ugly sneer off your own face and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. Don't be flip with the sacred. Banter and silliness give no honor to God. Don't reduce holy mysteries and slogans in trying to be relevant. You're only being cute. And inviting sacrilege. I think we need to buckle up this morning. As you can see, it's going to be intense. I want to share a few thoughts this morning. We're in a a collection, we're in a a teaching series called We're Not Really Strangers, where we're looking at connection and how we better connect. And I want to almost rewind a little bit and, and share some thoughts this morning around perhaps how we prepare for connection, how we... Get ready to connect, and all the note-takers in the house, those who are getting ready to go to heaven, not right now, but first in line. Uh, here's the time of message uh, this morning. specks and logs, smudges and sneers. Specks and logs, smudges and sneers. Let's pray together. Jesus, this morning, we thank you for your presence in this house. Lord, would you come today and remind us that the preaching of your word is not a lecture or a seminar, but Lord, this is a supernatural experience that we're not just to sit and nod our heads and smile, but God, there's gonna be some transformation here today. This isn't a transactional moment, but Father, this is a transformative moment. Lord, we thank you for your word today. God, our prayers that as it goes out, that it lands on good soil that Jesus, your word today produces fruit in our lives. God, that your word deals with something in all of us. Every single one of us are going through something today, both in the room and online, on our sofas. God, God we pray today that your word would help us to come alive, it would stir faith. Jesus, from the very young to the, to the eldest in the room today, every generation, we thank you that your word, God, it, it strengthens. If it needs to challenge, let it do that this morning. If it needs to inspire hope in us, let it do that. We thank you, in Jesus' name. And someone said? Amen. Oh man, specks and logs, smudges and sneers. Here's what we as humans are longing for. And really, as I've said, what we're discussing over the next uh, few weeks uh, what we deeply desire, every single one of us, is connection. Both uh, beyond a connection with Jesus, which is why we're all here. We're we're all trying. We're all trying to maintain connection with the Lord. Like, like we're all just we're all doing our best here yeah, to stay connected uh, to the source. Uh, in everyday life. That's hopefully a given, and if you're not, we'll, we'll give you an opportunity in about 2.5 hours' time, after I'm done preaching, uh, max three, I promise, won't keep you here all afternoon, um, but uh, in about 25 minutes or so, we'll give you an opportunity to, to respond and say yes to Jesus, but as well as that, there's a deep desire in all of us to cultivate genuine human connection. When we talk about cultivating connection, we're not talking about merely attending worship gatherings here. No, 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 don't get it twisted. The level of connection that you need actually cannot happen in this room. Nor are these gatherings actually uh, principally uh, designed for friendship building. I mean, you can be courteous to about three, 400 people in the room, but you cannot share your life and your burdens with them. You have to go beyond this space for that. And you know, deep connections are God's plan. We see in Acts chapter 2 where the believers are together. They're sharing in meals and, uh, and in fellowship, and they're enjoying one another's company. From the, very, from the outset of the church, we see connection. Even the Lord's prayer begins with our Father. Not my Father, but our Father. Even the Lord's prayer unites us. Jesus modeled connection from the very first moment he began his public ministry. In fact, even before that, where where the first thing he did was he, he drew in the 12. Even within the 12, there was the three that he leaned on when things got really crazy. Connection. 1 Corinthians 12, we are one body, many parts. Mark 12, love God, love your your neighbour. Connection is the thread that runs through Scripture. We're going to have a go um, at connection right now. We've we've named this 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 teaching series after my little red box up here, um, after this game called We're Not Really Strangers. And the purpose of this game allows you and I to create meaningful connections with those around you. It's broken down into three levels: perception, connection, and reflection. And I'm going to pull out a question here from, from uh, the second level connection, just so easy one, not too easy, not too hard. And I want you to find a neighbor, now choose carefully who you select, okay? like don't 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 have a chat with the person you came with, okay, Find a stranger, and you've got one minute each to answer, like, don't take up my time. I told you, I've only got two and a half hours, right, and I need three. So, so don't take up too much time, one minute each. I want you to ask your neighbor, and this isn't an easy question, but I want you to dive right in, and I want you I want you to really think about this question, and, and here's what it is. Um, I want you to ask your neighbor for a moment, what are you still trying to prove to yourself? What are you still trying to prove to yourself? Ready, three, two, one, go. Online, you as well. Ask your husband, your wife. What are you still trying to prove to yourself? Switch it over, a few seconds left. Awesome, bring it back. Awesome. Awesome. let's bring it back. So good. You're out of time. So, yeah, it's too good, isn't it? You're all connecting now. You're all friends. I see the smiles on your faces. <laughs> hey, so, so here's my message this morning. Here's what I reckon a good, the reason why I asked I get you just to indulge me in a moment in that exercise, because I realize that a good level of connection uh, requires a good level of self-awareness. It requires you and I to, to just take a moment every now and then to dig deep. So if Connection is our vision, self-awareness ought to be one of our values. Don't look past the log and the speck in your own eye. Let's dive into this text. In our text this morning, Jesus is concluding the Sermon on the Mount. You ought to go and just read it again because it's very practical. He's directing you and I to order our conversations right, both towards God and to one another. And my prayer today is that the Lord would impart kingdom consciousness in each and every single one of us. He's highlighting in these few verses, what he's highlighting in these few verses has a lot to do with what we pay attention to and to how we evaluate the status and the health of various relationships that are fundamental to our lives and to our faith. He's calling us to do a little bit of self-examination because it's much easier uh, to evaluate what they should change, what they should not do, how they should speak to me, how they should act. It's, it's way easier to do that kind of an evaluation. But what I'm talking about here today and what Jesus is highlighting, it's, it's hard work. This inner work that a disciple is called to do, not just once or twice, but, but on a regular basis. To do, to, to do a deep dive into who we are. When Jesus says, hey, why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? He's inviting us to consider self-awareness. He's, he's inviting us to, to get ready, to prepare uh, for, how, for how we're going to connect with others. He's, he's inviting us to, be, to, to, to examine you know, self-attentiveness. He's inviting us to pay attention to our own lives. Let me ask you this morning, Gastreet Central, are you watching yourself? Are you watching yourself? Because, I mean, I love people watching. You know, that's what I do, like, for fun. I go and sit on my own, and I just watch people. In a coffee shop, that's my vibe. It's weird, I know, but that's how I roll. I know some of you are the same, okay? I see that hand. Yes, Phil, come on. (laughs) Are you watching yourself? Verse 4, this whole traveling roadshow mentality all over again, playing a holier-than-thou part instead of just living your part. I hear the Lord say this morning, hey, are you living your part? What about you? What about, what about how you speak? What about what you say? American author Brendan Uh, Brennan Manning said it like this. He said, at Sunday worship, as in every dimension of our existence, many of us pretend to believe we're sinners. Consequently, all we can do is pretend that we have been forgiven. As a result, our whole spiritual life is pseudo-repentance and pseudo-bliss. Here's what happens if we aren't uh, doing the hard work of self-surgery We go through life pretending that we're sinners and therefore pretending that we're forgiven and therefore we actually never get to taste and see what this abundant life that Jesus is offering us is about. Here's my encouragement this morning, pay close attention to what is going on in you. Yeah, yeah, pay pay close attention, the Johari window is a tool that psychologists and counselors have used for decades. It'll come up on the screen, um, and it reveals something that is true, you know, about about all of us. You know, we all have open spaces that are known to ourselves, that are known to others. We all have blind spots uh, that are known to others but not known to ourselves. We all have hidden places in our lives that only we know, and no one else knows. We all have unknown spaces in our lives that are not known to ourselves, not known to others. But ultimately, God knows, and the truth is that for all of us, our story is made up of all of these, every single one of us. And I think that it's valuable to acknowledge that, that there are blind spots in our lives. There are, there are places that we don't see, but others see. There are things that God wants us, that, that God and others see in our lives that we don't know about ourselves, and you know, quite frankly, it does make us a little bit vulnerable. Just a touch, perhaps, perhaps there are tendencies, sinful patterns in our lives, addictive behaviors, ways of operating that are dominated by our personalities that we're not even aware of so much more that they appear, it's, they're as crazy as a log in our eyes. This week I did a personality test, Enneagram test, and um, I've been told for ages that I'm a type 3, but much to my amazement, I discovered that I'm a type 1. In fact, oh, yes, thank you, thank you, ma'am. Uh, I discovered I'm a type 1, um, which, yeah, which which is which is very interesting uh, to me, but it, it made me realize that because of the way that I'm wide, I actually have to be careful regarding Uh, how critical I am of others I have to be careful not to view all actions as absolutes and also because of how I'm wired I have to be careful not to be too harsh on myself and you know what my invitation here today is that you and I would take the time to ask God what are some of my blind spots that are perhaps hindering connection in my life connection to God connection to others, what are those things? God, where in my life do you want to speak this morning? God, where in my life do you want to breathe life? What is dead in me? What is broken and shattered and fearful in me, maybe redundant or dormant, that you want, to, that you want, to, that you want your life-giving resurrection power to flow through? Oh, David prayed. David prayed, search me, oh God. And know my heart, point out anything in me that offends you, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. God, God. God. where in me, what in me do you want to heal today? Where do you want to bring redemption to? Where do you want to bring hope into this morning? Because what happens when we don't practice self-awareness? Well, the scripture said it, we become judgmental. If we're not examining our own lives carefully, we fall into the trap of looking down on others. And Jesus is not saying, hey, don't practice good judgment. He's simply saying, don't judge others. When we don't practice self-awareness, we blame others. It's, it's always someone else's fault. It's always this, it's always that, and it's never you and I, no. Now, how dare we blame ourselves? We blame others when we don't practice self-awareness. We become hypocritical and therefore lack holiness. The Lord is saying here over the next few weeks, hey, I want to increase connection in your life, Gastrid. I want you to become better connectors with one another, with me and with one another. And I'm realizing that maybe, guess what, perhaps it starts in here rather than out there. So how do we do it? You know, I like to give practicals. How do we cultivate a greater level of self-awareness in our lives? Here's the first thing. Let's begin to look into the mirror that Jesus constantly holds up. I mean, I mean, it's constant. (laughs) Like you wake up in the morning and bang, there's a mirror. There's something that the Lord just requires you and I to work on. Verse six, it's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Let's have a look at a moment, for a moment, at this woman in John eight, who's caught in the, in the act of adultery. This woman is, is brought to Jesus, and you know she's been, she's been caught in adultery, and, and the law ex- experts, the, the Pharisees, they say to Jesus, uh, "Jesus, the law says to stone her for what she's done." But what do you say? My voice went high there. I apologize. <laughs> I think that's how they, I think that's how they ask. genuinely. Yeah. what do you say according to the law? True, 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 true. Can't argue. But they know that but they're trying to trap Jesus. They know He's going around forgiving people and Jesus thinks about it for a moment, which is perhaps what you and I ought to do in these moments, just stop and think. He says, let let the one who is without sin throw the first stone. And what I find fascinating about this, you know, this is a lesson in self-awareness if there ever was one. What I find fascinating and powerful here is that these guys began to look past their, their 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 own log in their own eyes and they began to see their own sin. How do we know that they saw their sin? Well, because they all walked away. Jesus set them up. He set them up. The woman caught in adultery was given a second chance. Therefore, her self-awareness was increased because she knows I mustn't do this again. Go and sin no more, Jesus said. The people who are wanting to stone her, their self-awareness was increased. As they are given a second chance by Jesus, now that everybody's self-awareness has increased, we're all winners. James 1.23 says, for if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, walk away and forget what you look like. Jesus has clever ways of holding up mirrors to us. My question to all of us this morning in the room and online is what's your mirror? What's your mirror? What are the opportunities in your life that are, that are there to, to give you, yeah, a moment just to, just to look in the mirror. Is it school? Is it university? Is it your job? Is it your marriage? Is it intimate relationships around you where Jesus is constantly giving you and I opportunities to respond? These, are, these, these mirrors, these external opportunities Offer you and I to figure out what's going on internally. How do I grow in self-awareness and therefore increase connection in my life? Here's the second thing. This is important. Pay attention to what you say and how you come across because it determines how people respond to you. Just pay attention to it. Just keep a close eye. Matthew 12, 34. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth, come on, help me preach. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth, yeah, come on, what's what's on your heart this morning? What's on your heart? Have you come to this gathering because it's just what you do on a Sunday? It's what I've always done. Have you come just to tick a box and to high-five a few people and to sing some songs? Or have you come this morning with a heart that is postured towards heaven? Have you come this morning with an expectancy that the Lord may just heal this morning? That the Lord may just speak a word that changes the trajectory of your life? Have you come this morning on the edge of your seat thinking, God, what is it today that you wanna do? Have you logged on today to YouTube thinking, oh God, God, what do you have for us today? What's on your heart? What's on your heart? Are we working on the things that are on our hearts? Is there some jealousy in there? Is there a bit of comparison? Is there a need for validation from people in there? What's in there? These things, they... They'll reveal themselves in how we act in our decision-making, Proverbs twenty-one, twelve: Every way of a man seems right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. And we know this from 1 Samuel 16, where, where it says, the Lord doesn't see things the way we see them. We judge actions, and the Lord considers the heart. And I know the second half of that verse will preach really well. It'll get some of you shouting, you know, like, the Lord looks at the heart, buddy. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, but we see actions. Yeah, we see actions because that's that's what we see. Not only that, but we consider how people make us feel. Just last week, I got to hang out with a cousin of mine, and we grew up together. And we're just sharing stories about life and school, and we're just, you know, as you do when you haven't seen someone in years, you're just talking about various things and various people. And I noticed as my cousin was talking that he just, he happened to remember, like, detail. I'm talking 20 years. Now, I know I'm still 19, so it's it doesn't... It wasn't that long ago. It was, I'm talking 20 years. He remembers detail, like, like who people were, what they said, and what the vibe was. And I said to him, "Jinga, that's his name. I said, bro, I said, how do you do that? How do you, how do you recall detail? And he said, it's not that I remember people or what they said, but I always remember how people make me feel. And I wonder this morning, how do you make people feel? When people leave a conversation with you, uh, do they leave feeling listened to? Do they leave feeling valued, appreciated? Or am I looking over their shoulder just thinking, who can I talk to next? Are you attentive in that moment? If I walk into a room, do do I take over? Do I just take over all the time? We need to be aware of this because these things either build or hinder connection in our lives. Do I say what I mean and mean what I say? Where am I passive aggressive? Where am I cold? Is there some coldness in your life? Maybe the band come up and play something awesome. By Justin Bieber. <laughs> come on, come on, where, 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 where in my life am I just, am I... A, A bit angry. Where do I move too quickly? Where am I quick to anger? The Bible says be slow to anger, chill. Come on, come on. What we give out always determines a response. Do people tend to ignore me? Do people get frustrated with me? Why is there so much drama in my life? That's a word for some of you. (laughs) Just surrounded by drama. This is drama. Why is there so much drama? Hey, what are the questions that you can ask yourself this week? I'm just giving you a bit of homework. Like, what are some of the questions that you can ask yourself this week to increase connection in your life with those around you? What's going on in my life? Here's the last thing you can do to increase self-awareness, let's pay attention to our relationship with Jesus. Let's pay attention to that. Verse seven to eight, I didn't read it, but here's what it says. It says, it says, keep on asking. Why have you stopped asking the Lord? Like, why have you stopped asking? Why have you gone quiet on God? Bible says keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. keep on seeking. Come on, when was the last time you sought after the Lord and I'm not talking when we're in here you know and these guys you know are doing their thing and it's amazing. When was the last time you sought after the Lord, where you just got into the habit, daily discipline where, where you can't get enough of this book, where the scriptures are still coming alive. I know I'm speaking to somebody in the room today and online. When was the last time you opened up the word of the Lord and and your day was different? How you engaged with others was just different. Come on, when was the last time? Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking and the door will be open for you. For everyone who asks, receive. Everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Listen, if you want to live with the kingdom consciousness, if you want to thrive as a follower of Jesus, live with a cultivated attentiveness to your relationship with God. We can do nothing without a relationship with God. I don't know how people do it. I don't know how people deal with pain and difficult times and intense conversations without the Spirit of God. Lord, pour out your Spirit on your church today. Lord, revive something in us. We need a fresh touch. Fresh wind of your Spirit. Come, God. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep knocking. Come on, gastric. Keep praying, keep singing, keep, let's keep this connection alive. With our connections with one another, keep on pursuing relationship, fight for it. The people who we don't talk to anymore, maybe it's you. Maybe you're the problem. Maybe you're the one who needs to forgive. Maybe you're the one who needs to to take a step, and we can pray for you, we can lay hands, but you're going to leave this building. Maybe you're the one who needs to let it go. Yeah, I know they need to. But maybe, maybe you're the one who needs to let it go and live in freedom. Why are you still in those chains, buddy? No, 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 come on. Come on. Whom the sun sets free, we heard it today, is what? Come on, you listen well. Free <laughs> indeed. I'm, t- I'm tired of seeing people in chains. I'm tired of it. I am. Some of our young people just in chains. Come on, get free in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. Sometimes it does take years, days. Yeah. Come on, but we've got faith this morning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, His name still carries power. There's still power in the name of Jesus, resurrection power. That which is dead in you, I see it coming to life in the name of Jesus. Dry bones, come on, come to life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In general, we measure the things that we value the most. If it's our finances, our investments, our savings, our crypto, you pay attention to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know exactly where your money's going and how it's doing. Others of you that value working out, lifting weights, you measure what you're eating, your diet. And that's cool. We love that. You pay attention to your progress, how much time you're doing. On the Nike running app these days, or Strava, okay, let's not have a debate about that. You pay attention to it, but but how much more with our relationship with Jesus? How much more with the connection of the Father? How much more are we ought to pay attention to that that relationship, if our relationship with Jesus is the central aspect of our existence? Then how much more? How much more? much more let me read you this and I'll take my seat verse 9 your parents you parents if your children ask for a loaf of bread do you give them a stone instead or if they ask for a fish do you give them a snake of course not so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him a beautiful simple mental experiment where Jesus is saying, imagine the kind of relationship that you would like to have with your kids. Now, think about God that way. Think about Him as a good, good father who has no other motivation in, his relationship, in this relationship than to love you. What, sets of question, what set of questions are you asking to evaluate that relationship? Let me encourage you today, pay close attention to that connection. If you've drifted, come back. If you're in the room today, if you're online and you've drifted away from the Father, Come back, come back if you've been disconnected upon reflection, come back today. Come back to the heart of God. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a purpose for your life. Pay attention to what that connection cost him. It cost him his life. For you and I, as undeserving as we were, God saw fit to send his son Jesus to die on a cross so that we wouldn't have to. So that we would be free. Perhaps the cost of our connection with others lies in our awareness of the specks and logs, the smudges and sneers in our own lives. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you, Jesus. I'm out of time, so I'll just pray one prayer. And this prayer is for anyone in the room, anyone online who who needs to make a decision today for Jesus. This is a bold decision. This is a life-giving decision. This is a decision that will set you free from sin, where you've relied, you've depended on the things that don't look like Jesus for your fulfillment, where you've leaned on, on things that are temporary and don't last very long, And you know that because you're always empty afterwards. But what this decision does and what this prayer does is it brings you into unity with the Father, eternal unity with the Father. Some of you prayed this prayer a while ago and since then you've drifted, but you need to come back today. Wherever you are today, you need to come back to the Father because He loves you so much. So I'm going to pray a prayer. Just repeat it after me; it'll come up on the screen. But let's do so together with loud voices, so that, so that the people in the room who need to pray this prayer are really encouraged um, Let's do that together. Come on, repeat after me. Come on, in a loud voice. Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that you know me and love me completely. I know I've made mistakes and now I ask for your total forgiveness. I turn away from everything I know is wrong. Today I choose to put my faith in you and say yes to following you. Please come into my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit now.